G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sin is such a funny word, short but judgmental. And yet this thing called sin lies at the heart of Easter. Jesus died to pay for our sin. So what does that actually mean? Sin. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're continuing on our journey towards Easter. And honestly, I don't think we can truly wrap our hearts and minds around what Easter's all about until we come to grips with our desperate need for God's forgiveness. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you experience the amazing love of God in your life each and every day as you draw ever closer to Jesus. This week, we're taking another look at Easter in this series called The Price He Paid For You. Because seriously, the price that God paid for the likes of you and me to bring us back to Him, to give us the gift of new life, eternal life, is absolutely mind-blowingly outrageous. Question, what makes Easter? Why did God do it? Why did God send His Son to die for you and me? Last week we saw that you and I are so incredibly precious to God. The psalmist back in Psalm 8 asks the question, he says, I look up at your huge skies, dark and enormous, your hand made the sky, the jewellery, the moon and the stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at little old me and I wonder, why do you bother with us? Why do you take a second to look our way, God? It's a good question. And the answer is that we are so incredibly precious to God. And the more precious something or someone is, the more we do for that something or someone. Sadly, in our world today, people pick the wrong things and make them precious. People pick wealth, or they pick fame, or they pick career, or they pick status. Always these external things, and they end up sacrificing their lives to them to no avail. But you and I are different. You and I are precious in the sight of God, in God's heart, And Easter is about Jesus on the cross. Easter is about the most incredible sacrifice, the Son of God, crucified, punished on our behalf. We've had a look at that already on the program over the last couple of weeks. But he was punished for you and me, and for a long time I wondered, why? I mean, why did God go to those lengths? Look at me, look at you. We're not that bad. Okay, we're not perfect, at least I'm not. But isn't the whole Easter cross crucifixion thing just a bit extreme? Christians talk a lot about sin. Now, for most of my life, I I thought of sin as being this really old-fashioned, stuffy church concept. I mean, sin, really, these days? I mean, it's old-fashioned, moralizing, guilt trips. It belongs to a view of religion of the past that's not relevant today. People are writing books about it. A well-known scientist by the name of Steve Dawkins wrote a book called The God Delusion, and someone who was writing that book up said this, The God Delusion makes a compelling case that belief in God is not just wrong, but potentially deadly. And part of that is this notion that we have in the world today that sin is some man-made religious concept. We live in a society that denies sin, whatever that might mean to you. 
right, wrong? Well, they're fluid concepts. They're circumstantial. It kind of depends on what works for you. But the word sin, which I for so many years thought of as this stuffy, outdated concept, the word sin in the Bible literally means to miss the mark. Today we say missing the point of life, and, and because of the society we live in, the society that puts me at the centre of my world, it puts you at the centre of your world, and we do whatever feels good to make us better and have more fun and more comfort, okay, there's, there's some social responsibility, but by and large we live in a selfish world. And in that society, we kind of don't notice somehow that sin's going on. We notice the shotgun murders and that sort of thing, but in our lives, day by day, people deny the concept of sin. There's a wonderful parable called the boiling frog syndrome. You've probably heard of it. The notion that if you have some boiling water and put a frog in it, the frog will jump straight out because it notices that the water is hot. But if you begin with cold water and you gradually, gently heat the water, the frog ultimately will die because he doesn't notice that the water is getting hot and it kills him. Global warming's been a bit like that. I mean, we've been denying it for years. Governments and big business have been denying it because it's politically and economically expedient to keep pumping greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, slowly cooking the earth. It's been obvious, but we've denied it. A while ago, I went to see Al Gore's movie, An Inconvenient Truth. It's about climate change. Whatever your politics, whatever your views of matters green are, it's absolutely a must-see if you didn't see it. He makes a point that the number of Category 4 and 5 hurricanes has almost doubled in the past 30 years. The flow of ice from glaciers in Greenland has more than doubled in the past decade. Malaria has spread to higher altitudes because of warming in places like the Colombian Andes, 7,000 feet above sea level, and at least 279 species of plants and animals are already responding to global warming by moving closer to the poles. kind of paints a picture of a world out of control. It's so bent on consuming that we're prepared to destroy the planet. When we look at the facts, they're obvious. The whole consumer treadmill, the economy based on greed, the boiling frog syndrome just denies that reality. We behave as though it doesn't exist. We do that with a lot of things. In the West, where people are wealthy by global standards, we ignore poverty. We ignore the wars and the starvation and, and the thousands of children that die every day of poverty. We just behave as though they don't exist. They still do, but we just ignore them. The point of sin is that it's a bit like that boiling frog syndrome. It's deceptive. Through our selfishness, we kind of rationalise, we deny the reality, we, we stick our heads in the sand and pretend, well, it's not my problem, I'm, I'm not the one getting things wrong. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 verse 11 writes this. He says, For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. You see, sin is deceptive. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, he writes, Evil men and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And Psalm 36, verse 2, For his own eyes he flatters himself too much to detect or hate his sin. And that's right on the money. We, we kid ourselves. We, we try and behave as though sin doesn't exist. Just stop and think about the last 24 hours and say, well, what did I do to hurt someone? What, what did I do to step on someone? What did I do to ignore someone? What did I do that ruined their lives and my life? Come on, we are masters of self-deception. It doesn't matter how much we deny it. When we look around the world, around society, around our own lives, sin is alive and well. Missing the point of life is alive and well, and people are slaves to it, like lemmings jumping over a cliff. And the price, the price is being robbed of life itself.
It's walking around like a living dead, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. That, that right there, is what Easter was all about. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, one of the reasons I think that we find it so easy, in a sense, to minimize our need for Easter, to minimize our need for God's forgiveness, is that we don't see ourselves as such bad people. I mean, you're not an axe murderer or a rapist, not perfect, of course, but, but certainly not so bad that Jesus, the Son of God, would have to die for you, surely. So we make excuses for our own bad behavior, and when we do, well, it becomes pretty easy to ignore the Easter thing altogether. Let me ask you, have you ever been pulled over by a policeman for speeding? Driver, do you know why you've been pulled over? Do you realise that you were exceeding the speed limit by whatever it is? I have. It's a horrible feeling. And you know, there's simply no excuse. Speeding kills. It's as simple as that. Imagine speeding and killing a child coming out of a school or someone you love or an elderly person crossing the road. Measured against the consequences, speeding is crazy. It's, it's ludicrous. There's just no way you can justify it or you can excuse it. The consequences of speeding is death. Yet most drivers speed every day. That attitude, I've, I've got to get there. I've just got to get there. I'll save 30 seconds. I'll save one minute. I'll save two minutes off my journey. That attitude completely misses the point, doesn't it? And that's such a good example of sin. Sin means missing the point. Come on. Look at our lives. Look at the stuff that we wanted to send into, being selfish, being greedy, just, just lying a little bit, a bit of deception, pompous egos, treading on people, crushing them. And then, do you know what we do? We rationalise it. We justify it. We say, it's everybody else's fault. They don't measure up to my mark, or, or they did me wrong, or, or that person over there hurt me, and, and that's why I had a go at them. Come on. It misses the point, and in God's eyes, there is simply no excuse. We began the program today with the words of the psalmist in Psalm 8, looking up at the heavens and the stars and wondering, God, who am I that you should even give me a second thought? The Apostle Paul takes that one step further in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, and he writes this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, they've been clearly seen, being understood from what's been made, so we are without excuse. In other words, you look around, and you can't help but come to the conclusion that God is God. 
And it's like speeding. When we deny God, when we, when we turn away from him, when we say, no, 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 I'm going to live my life, buddy, there, there's no excuse. It's blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. Look around. The fact that God created it all is so obvious. God's majesty and his love and his wonder shine out through all the things he's made. There's no excuse. I said before we're masters of delusion, and so we are. Somehow for years I rationalised it. In my heart of hearts, I knew that God was God. I, I knew that Jesus was the Son of God. But we get used to the fact that our lives are missing the point. We get used to the fact that we're off doing stuff and ignoring God, and then we try even harder to have a life of meaning. We, we work harder to earn more money or more recognition or, or to get a better career, or even though in our heart of hearts we know it's never, ever going to hit the mark. It's like we become slaves to it. We become addicted to this sin, this, this treadmill, and we're compelled to keep going in the same direction. Put yourself in God's shoes for a moment. He creates you and me out of love, in his own image, and he gives us, in this universe, on this earth that he's made for us, he gives us the freedom to accept or reject him, and that freedom comes from his love too. And he watches you and me take our freedom and reject him and miss the whole point of creation and then suffer the consequences. And we do suffer. Missing the point of life brings suffering. Sin has its consequences. Loneliness, pain, doubt, isolation, a lostness, hurts, no real sense of identity. We get to a point where we've completely lost sight of the fact that you and I have been created in God's image to delight in him. And let me tell you, when God sees us in that state, his heart aches for us. I was reading a book in my personal time with God the other day in the book of Judges where Israel had rejected God so many times and they came to God because God had sent punishment on them. They were defeated and the Amorites were fighting against them and God said, no, forget it. You people have rejected me so many times. Go worship your gods. Go worship your idols. Go suffer the consequences. Then God looked down upon his people and he saw them suffering. The Bible says he just couldn't help himself. He had to go and help them. That's what God's like. He, he loves us. He wants to bless us. And when he sees us suffering the consequences of our sin, he can't help himself. He, his heart aches for us. And that's why just at the right time, when you and I were still powerless to deal with any of that, when we were still busy rejecting God, just at the right time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. He dragged that cross to Calvary. He allowed himself to be nailed to it. He took the burdens, the consequences, the pain of my sin and your sin upon himself once and for all. He paid the price that you and I should pay. And greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends. And whoever believes in Jesus believes that that's exactly what happened there on the cross of Christ at Easter. He's set free from the burden and the consequences of their sin. If we believe that with our lives, we're free to have a relationship with God. We don't have to live under the burden of sin anymore as slaves to sin with our whole lives missing the point. The moment we believe in Jesus, it's ground zero. It's a clean slate. It's a start again fresh. When we look at the cross of Christ and say, I believe, God our Father says, my child, I forgive you. When we put our faith in him, the gates of heaven are flung open wide and there's a wild party. Now you might say, but Bernie, I, I took that step years ago and look at my life. And I'd say to you, have you taken that step with your life? I mean, do you live your life in that reality every day? Come on, that's what Easter is. 
It's Easter every day because by shedding Jesus' blood on the cross, by his sacrifice, you and I have forgiveness every day. Through that empty tomb, you and I have a new life every day. Today, tomorrow, the next day, for all eternity. That's it. That's Easter. Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I'd just like to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. The central message of Easter that Jesus died and rose again to save you and me is something that all too sadly we seem to skim over all too quickly, just this one time every year. And yet tucked away in this thing we call Easter is a shocking truth that's meant to turn our lives upside down 365 days of the year. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Shocking Truth About You, Me and Barabbas. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the abundant life that Jesus purchased for you on that cross and through that empty tomb. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, in the few minutes that we have left together today, I think it's time to get personal because Easter is deeply personal. Maybe you've heard the message of what Jesus did for you and you want to respond to that. Well, here's your opportunity. Well, you know, you you and I are kind of looking back on Easter. Here we are a few weeks past Easter and you might be thinking, "Why, why is this guy still yapping on about Easter? Why are we still looking back at Easter? Come on, we've had the chocolate, we've had the long weekend, we've moved on, let's get on with the rest of the year. Let's get on with something fresh and new and exciting. But hang on a minute. I just believe that it's Easter every day. I just believe that God wants us to live and walk and breathe and have our being in the reality of the fact that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ and that he suffered and died to pay for my sin and your sin. He, He took our death, the death that we deserved on his shoulders, and he died that death for us. He rose again and he gave us a new life a forgiven life, a life eternal in relationship with him. You see, you and I are so incredibly precious in God's eyes. Do we get that? He loves us so much, he's given us this freedom to choose him or to reject him. And you know, every day we have that choice in in the way we think, where we put our trust, what goes on in our hearts, what we do, what we say, everything. Jesus died for every person who's ever lived, for you, for me, and for billions of other people. That's a huge thing. He bore all of our sin. Have you ever done something wrong and you wake up the next day? Maybe you've hurt someone, you've had an argument, you've said something you wish you could take back, right? And you wake up the next day and you realise, you remember back the stupid thing you did and the consequences and the pain and the hurt. You know, you've hurt someone you love or whatever it is and you just have to then live through the consequences of that. It's sin. It's a terrible feeling. You know what I'm talking about. So imagine if you could experience it in one time, the consequences of all the mistakes, every sin you have made in your whole life. How would that feel? It would be unbearable, wouldn't it? If, if we could feel all our sin and the consequences of it in one moment, 
I think it would kill us. It would be unbearable. So now put yourself in Jesus' sandals for a minute. He bears the pain, the punishment, and the consequences of all the sins of the whole human race for all time at that one place on the cross. My, how Jesus suffered. We, we just can't see this as some huge macro act of God in history. It is that. But if we restrict it to that, we miss the point. Jesus died for the one. He died for me. He died for you to set us free from the slavery of sin, the slavery of living a life that completely misses the point, the slavery of living a life that will end in eternal separation from God. You know the worst bit about slavery? It's the fear. It's the lurking knowledge deep down inside that we're missing the point of our lives. And at the end of the day, there will be a reckoning. That makes the life of sin a true life of slavery. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, Since we're human, of flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in our humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That's the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every way in order that he might pay the price for the sins of the people. How many people live life in the fear of dying? I I used to. I don't anymore because I know that I believe in Jesus. I know that when I die, I will go to be with the Lord my God. Not because I'm such a great person, but because I believe in Jesus. No more fear, no more lurking sense of a life without purpose, a life that's missing a whole point. Paul in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In other words, the reason Christ did what he did was to give us freedom. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, we can run, but we can't hide. We, you and I can pretend it's not there. We can do the boiling frog thing and say... Sin's not an issue in my life. There's no such thing anymore this day and age. But sin is a reality. Sin sin means slavery. Sin has consequences. We keep on doing those same old, same old, same old things, chasing after money or fame, treading on people, hurting people, whinging about people, whatever it is, whatever your brand of sin, whatever your Achilles heel is, we keep doing that, and it has consequences, it ruins relationships, it ruins our lives, and it misses the whole point. I want to ask you again today, have you given your life over to this truth? I mean, day by day, do you walk your walk, think your thoughts, make your choices in the wonderful knowledge of this incredible gift of life? Jesus died for you. Jesus paid the price for you. Jesus, here and now, is calling you to be free of the slavery of sin and death once and for all by putting your faith in Jesus. Not just a single one-time act, but a life lived in the truth and the reality that Jesus died for you, that you might be forgiven. Jesus rose from that grave for you so that you might have a life eternal. This is not about taking a guilt trip here. It's about God calling you to himself through his son. Do you want that more than anything? Do you want to be close to God? Do you want to be with Jesus for the rest of eternity from this moment forward? Why don't you pray this prayer with me? Father, I've heard the message of Jesus today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I want to accept him as my saviour, the one who set me free from the slavery of sin. But not just my saviour. I want to accept him as my Lord. I give my life 
God into your hands, for you to be the Lord of my life, above all other things, all other hopes and dreams and desires. Father, I'm so sorry for the things I've done in the past. I turn away from them right now. I, I want you to fill me up to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Father, give me the new life that Jesus died and rose again to give me. I want to know your peace and your freedom and your joy and your love. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is where life is at. Not some rule-based, constricting religion. Freedom. Freedom from all the things that we are enslaved to that ruin our lives. Freedom from wandering aimlessly through life towards a disastrous end. Freedom from the consequences of our sin and into a life with purpose and meaning and joy and wonder and glory, a life that only gets better and better, a life that goes on for all eternity. Will there be trials in this life? Is it tough following Jesus? You betcha. Jesus never promises a bed of roses. He never promises a cakewalk. In fact, Jesus promises that when we put our faith in him, there will be trials. There will be people and spiritual forces that come against us. But ultimately, putting our faith in Jesus is about a new life. That's it. That's what Easter is all about. That's what Jesus was doing on that cross for you and me. All we need to do is to hear that message and let it sink into our hearts and hold on to that deep inside and never, ever let it go. Easter, Jesus, freedom, life. we have time for today but before i go there's something very important that i'd like to share with you over these coming weeks this program christianity works is going to be encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to receive jesus christ as their lord and savior after all easter is a time when hearts are open to receive this amazingly good news but that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you Each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with the gospel message. So a gift today of just $35 can touch around 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.